Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. He is currently an assistant district attorney in Alameda County. He is on the officer-involved shooting critical incident team and has served on the special circumstances committee. He has also served on the consumer protection team and has litigated every type of felony and misdemeanor matter. He has tried numerous cases to jury verdict. He has traveled to several African nations under the auspices of Rotary International. He is active in a men's ministry and perhaps most impressive, he has been inducted into the Bay Area Men's Senior Baseball League's Hall of Fame. Jim Meehan, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. Thank you, Lou. And you buried the lead on that to Hall of Fame reference. Tell me the lead. Well, you know all about this because it was your brother-in-law, uh, Dave Rapson, that uh, gave me a chance to uh, play initially when I turned 30 and have been playing in the league ever since. But it's a... Uh, pretty liberal set of criteria that would allow someone into the hall. So uh, your listeners shouldn't be overly impressed. Well, that's the only liberal thing about you that I know then. (laughs) Touche. Where is your office right now? Where are you practicing out of? I'm working out of the Oakport building right across from the Oakland Coliseum up on the seventh floor where our uh, whole team for the, the unit is located, you already mentioned that I'm uh, currently uh, working in the public assistance fraud division. So we got the whole seventh floor with the exception of maybe one other office. And how long have you been in that assignment? It's actually a fairly new assignment. Uh, it was kind of one of the dominoes that fell when Kevin Dunleavy got appointed to the Superior Court bench in San Mateo County. So I, I moved up to public assistance fraud when Eileen McAndrew got transferred over to run our Oakland branch. So just uh, essentially since August of this year. How long have you been in the DA's office? I hate to admit it, but in a few weeks, it'll be 35 years. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Where are you from originally? Born in San Francisco. I'm a proud fourth-generation San Franciscan, but I'm told that when I was only nine days old, uh, my family moved to Daly City, lived lived in the Westlake uh, area of Daly City until around six years old, and my uh, parents made the move over to San Rafael in Marin County. Famously, it was when my older brother, Matt, apparently in the middle of the summer, announced that uh, he knew it was summer because the fog was rolling down the street in Daly City, and uh, my parents decided that was it and moved us out of the fog belt. Now, speaking of your parents, your father was the elected district attorney of Alameda County at one point, and I have to say that I really need to thank him for my career in Alameda County, both as a deputy district attorney and as a practicing lawyer. But you really come from 
a long line of San Francisco law enforcement, Bay Area royalty. Yes, I can uh, claim heritage with the San Francisco uh, Police Department. My dad's father, the original Big Jack, was a uh, career police officer for SFPD, started in the 1930s and rose through the ranks uh, from officer to sergeant to lieutenant and ultimately a captain and uh, retired in 1968. So he had, I think, over a 40-year career with the San Francisco Police Department. Where did you go to high school? I went to Terlinda High School in San Rafael, home of the Trojans. I was given the option by my parents either to go to Marin Catholic or go to San Ignatius, but I chose to avoid buses and became a proud member of the class in 1979 at Terlinda High School. How was that experience for you? I loved it. Yeah, I uh, was really fortunate that I fell in with a great group of friends. I was kind of a band geek my first couple of years playing in the marching band, but also was on the baseball team. So that kind of uh, served to uh, put me out of the band geek stereotype and uh, also got involved in a lot of activities, including uh, being on the uh, student newspaper there at Terralinda High School. Well, what instrument did you play in the band and what position did you play on the baseball team? I am, I'm just going to say classically trained, but that would uh, be an overstatement. I started playing trumpet in elementary school and I wasn't good enough as a trumpeteer to advance in the chairs. So for those of us that were second or third trumpets, they nudged us into French horn. So I actually played French horn in junior high school and uh, my first two years of high school. And then I convinced my parents to let me drop out of band. So when I was marching, it would have been as a French horn player. And for baseball, I was primarily a first baseman, but I would also play uh, outfield positions. My first love was catching, but uh, I only did that in Little League through about age 12. And then by the high school, I was a uh, first baseman almost exclusively and didn't return to catching until I hit the 30 and over league. When you graduated from high school, where'd you go to college? I went to UC Davis and at the time it was much easier to get admitted to UC Davis. I just went through the application process with my uh, daughter a couple of years ago. And uh, even though she was a four point Oh, and off the charts on the SAT, she couldn't even get into UC Davis. But I never even gave it a second thought back then in 1979. And there was about uh, 25, 30 of us from Terrell High School that uh, went to UC Davis. And it was just a great four years. I knew it was going to be a great four years. And I'll tell you why. When I came to California and I started meeting people from around California in law school at Hastings, Every single person that I ever met who went to Davis said they had a phenomenal experience. You know, other people said, yeah, it was okay. It was this, it was that, whatever. But Davis, people universally said they had a great experience in college. And I'm not sure exactly what it is about Davis, but I've always remembered that. Maybe you can shed some light on that. Sure. Well, I I gravitated toward Davis because I had this misplaced idea that I was going to be able to play on the baseball team there. And I'd gone to the UC Davis baseball camps after my sophomore and junior years of high school and and thought I had an in with the uh, baseball program there. But shockingly enough, when it came to handing out uniforms my freshman year, my uh, name wasn't on the list. So uh, 
didn't end up playing college baseball after all, but I, I got involved in uh, a fraternity my spring quarter of my freshman year and joined the uh, uh, Chi-Fi fraternity right up there on Russell Boulevard across from Toomey Field and was fortunate enough to serve as a resident advisor in the dorms on the international relations floor and two summers working with the register's office in the summer advising program and my senior year in college, I was elected president of my fraternity, which was a good deal because I got free room and board. So just really enjoyed the time there, made a lot of friendships, very involved in intramural sports. And essentially as a poli-sci major, started preparing for what I pretty much knew was going to be law school. When did you first start thinking about going to law school and having a sense that you wanted to be a lawyer? Yeah, probably earlier than most, just because of my lineage. You know, my dad, Jack, started as a deputy district attorney the day after my older brother was born. And for the record, that would be October 10th, 1960, that Jack was first sworn in as a, as a DA. And I was only vaguely aware of uh, what he did probably into the 1970s. But then I started paying more attention and just saw how much he, he loved being in the district attorney's office. And the name that got spoken uh, most prominently at the kitchen table was uh, first the chief, referencing J. Frank Coakley, and then later D. Lowell Jensen. And by the time I was probably a soft or in high school, I uh, pretty much knew that I wanted to be a lawyer. And I also got to confess that by my senior year, I, I pretty much wanted to be a, a prosecutor. Did you take any time off between college and law school, or did you go directly to law school after you graduated from Davis? I actually went straight through, and to this day, I kind of regret that I did, but I was actually already kind of young for my year, just as a September baby. And I really didn't have uh, any sort of gap year plans. And so I just went straight from being a summer advisor coordinator after my senior year at UC Davis right into USF Law School as a, as a 1L. What did you think of being in San Francisco after being in Davis? You know, you were back there in the fog belt. <laughs> I loved it. Actually, I had just for financial reasons, I actually commuted from uh, San Rafael for my first two years and kind of pined for the idea of being able to live in San Francisco. Finally, was able to do so my third year and I've rented a flat with two roommates uh, at 710 Clayton Street, right at the corner of Clayton and Waller, one street up from uh, Haight Street and was there for about two, three years before moving to the East Bay. And I have to tell you, those were some pretty fun couple of years living there in the Haight-Ashbury. When you graduated from USF, what was your first legal job? Did you go right to the DA's office? I did. As a student at USF, I first had a summer position with the Sacramento County DA's office the summer after my first year. They really didn't have a program that catered to one else, so I was shipped off to Juvenile Hall in Rancho Cordova. I didn't mind because I still had so many friends at Davis. I actually lived in my fraternity house that summer, worked days at the juvenile division of the Sacramento DA's office, and then worked nights as a bouncer at uh, the graduate right off of Russell Boulevard. Then after that, during my second and third years, I clerked at the 
California Attorney General's Office and the Criminal Division doing mostly respondents' briefs, but I was concurrently assigned with the Prison Litigation Unit and handled habeas corpus petitions from the correctional facilities, and then was a member of a summer law clerk class of 1985 for the DA's office, and that has the distinction of being the uh, last summer class that uh, the Honorable Carol Corrigan of our California Supreme Court was the recruiter and trainer that handled the uh, summer law clerk program. And then right after taking the bar, I was the post-bar law clerk at the DA's office and was fortunate enough to pass the bar and was sworn in by uh, Judge Bill McGinnis as an attorney, uh, along with the other members of my class that uh, passed the bar. And away we went. Now, was your dad the DA at the time? He was. He, as you mentioned, he was the elected from uh, 1981 to 1995. And so I was sworn in in December of 1986 and served at the pleasure of John J. Meehan for essentially nine years before he uh, retired beginning of 1995. What was the sense of that working in the office when your dad was the DA and you were a deputy DA, presumably answering to a whole chain of command well in between. Sure, sure. Um, well, it was something that my dad and I discussed, and I was first thinking that I should not work in the Alameda County DA's office just because of him being, the, quote unquote, the boss. But he kind of persuaded me that uh, it should not work to my disadvantage just because he's the DA and you know, he strongly felt to the day he died that Alameda County District Attorney's Office was the best district attorney's office in the United States and didn't think that I should uh, not have the opportunity to work there just because of him. And from my perspective, I knew there was some precedent because uh, D. Lowell Jensen's uh, daughter, uh, Marsha, who my assumption is you worked with, had already kind of been the trailblazer in the nepotism department, <laughs> if I can <laughs> use that term. And uh, yeah, so it, it could have been worse if he wasn't such a popular district attorney, but he was, as you know, pretty much beloved. Well, you've been in the district attorney's office quite a while, as we've already established. What do you really like about practicing law as a district attorney? Well, first and foremost, it's it's my colleagues, so whether it be other deputy DAs, whether it be our investigators, whether it be our support staffers, some members of victim witness. Yeah, it's all about relationships. And just from the time I was a summer law clerk, I, I've just been so blessed to be able to work with such a great group of professionals. If a young person was coming out of college, UC Davis perhaps, and thinking about a career choice, would you recommend going into law and specifically going into criminal prosecution? I'd say yes and yes. I, I you know, you always hear the, the comment, oh, there's already too many lawyers, but then the the comeback to that is, well, there's always room for a good one. And from my uh, perspective, if one is interested in criminal law, um, you can't go wrong working for a district attorney's office. It, it is always uh, been my view that as a member of the Alameda County District Attorney's Office, I have been given the authority to pursue justice, whatever that looks like. What do you think is the best advice that you've ever received? Well, the best advice I ever received, it, it came in the uh, form of what I'd like to think would be uh, normal fatherly advice. You know, and that was you know, my, my dad, Jack, had just telling my brothers and I uh, when we were younger uh, that it doesn't matter what you decide to do in life, just make sure you uh, strive to be the best at whatever that may be. 
And then when it came to interacting with others, you know, my dad also uh, gave my brothers and I the advice that treat everyone with respect. And then when I came into the office, I got the same speech as everyone else, which was essentially there's nothing more important than your integrity. And, and I think Jack would uh, famously tell all new deputies that no matter how long you stay here at the Alameda County District Attorney's Office, you will never handle a case that is more important or more significant than your integrity. And if you don't maintain your integrity, then you aren't worth anything either to yourself or this office. And so I, I always have viewed that as, as words to live by. Do you think the legal system is fair? <laughs> uh, you know, that's a question I struggle with. And, and I sincerely believe that the criminal justice system we have here in the United States is is the uh, the best in the history of man- mankind. But at the same time, it's, it's only as good as the men and women that are involved in it. And nothing is perfect. So uh, certainly in instances, uh, there's going to be unfair results. And there is also going to be results that are not consistent across the board because you're relying on the judgment of individuals and you can get 10 people in the room, let's say uh, 10 deputy district attorneys, and they they might view the the same set of facts differently and uh, might have a different assessment in terms of quote unquote, what that case is worth. So I think there are certainly instances in which there are uh, miscarriages of justice and where there are unfair or unjust results. But I think by and large, as, as a system, we have a fair system here in the, in the United States and, and in California in particular. I touched on this in the introduction. You've had some interesting travel experience. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that with us. Sure. I I never really traveled growing up. You know, our, I think the first time I was ever on a plane was, you know, to uh, fly down to San Diego for a California District Attorneys Association summer conference when I was probably a freshman in high school. But I ended up getting the travel bug uh, and this was, you know, I've been married once before and in my, in my first marriage and, and before that marriage, my girlfriend, then wife, was a, a dual citizen of the U.S. and Belgium and, and also worked for the airlines. And so is the, the old saying for those that uh, are familiar with uh, working in the airlines, marry me and fly for free. And so we'd be able to uh, travel extensively. And so I, I, in my, I call it my first life. In my first life, I traveled fairly extensively through Europe and also to the Far East and then through Rotary International, as you mentioned, I was a member of a group study exchange team sponsored by the Rotary Club of San Lorenzo, which is where I was living at the time, and was able to spend several weeks traveling through of the Rotary District in Southern Africa. So that included Zimbabwe, Republic of South Africa, uh, Mozambique, Swaziland, Zambia, Botswana, which is one of the independent uh, homelands at the time, and, and Venda. And it was incredible because we were being home hosted uh, the entire time. And then later on, I was able to uh, travel to Cairo, Egypt for a legal conference with the Institute for the Study and Development of Legal Systems uh, and then I, through baseball, I traveled down to uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil for a uh, baseball tournament, which was a lot of fun. But you know, with my current wife, Arlene, we haven't really yet begun to do extensive traveling. We've been to Mexico a couple of times, and, and she's originally from the Philippines, so it's on me to uh, travel to the Philippines. But we got a lot of countries on our bucket list that we'd like to visit together. 
What sort of recreational things do you do to sort of clear your head after a long day in court or the office? Well, I'm still I'm still playing in the adult hardball league. It's it's funny. I've gone from the 30 and over league to uh, the 40 and over league, and now I'm in the 50 and over league. I, I love getting out there and and still playing baseball. My catching days are mostly behind me, and so I play mostly first base. I also enjoy hiking and essentially. Uh, getting involved uh, with my church, doing a lot of outreach through uh, Cornerstone Fellowship in Livermore, which includes working with some ministries that are involved in uh, food distribution, Tri-Valley Seek and Save, and essentially enjoying uh, wining and dining with, with my wife, Arlene, and getting together with friends, You know, go to the occasional concerts and things of that nature, family time as well. If you couldn't be a lawyer, is there some other profession or job that you think you might like to have? Well, I know when I was in high school, I mentioned that I worked on the student newspaper, and there was a time that I uh, thought I'd gravitate toward journalism, and I did not end up uh, going that direction. But currently, in addition to my day job, I have a side gig teaching uh, both at uh, Las Positas uh, College and Chabot College in the criminal in the administration of justice programs, and so I, I really enjoy teaching. How would you define success? I think family first, walking with the Lord, being able to provide and being able to put it in an honest day's work in whatever profession one chooses. Let's say you came into some real money, like three or four billion dollars. What, if anything, would you do differently in your life? Well, I think I would definitely did dig deeper in terms of tithing at my church. I I would want to get more involved in various ministries that my wife and I support. I think it would also be cool to be able to use some of that money to really provide financial support to not only ministries and such, but, you know, for educational pursuits for those that might not otherwise uh, be in a position to uh, afford them and to see the world. I'd love to do some more traveling and such. Let's say you had a magic wand and there was one thing in the world that you could change in the legal world or otherwise. What would that be? Well, how big is the wand? Can it be any size wand? You get to choose the wand. I would really want to wave that magic wand and just completely do away with the bigotry and hate. Where there is hate or despair, replace that with joy. Let's say that you had an opportunity to have 60 seconds on the Super Bowl. You could say anything you wanted. You could put out an ad with a huge microphone to an enormous audience. What would you like to say? I wouldn't want to chase off that Super Bowl halftime audience, but I would want to relay the message of, you know, against bigotry and hate and preach joy and uh, salvation. Jim Meehan, thank you so much for joining me today on the Love Lie Lawyer podcast. It's been a delight to talk to you. Thank you, Lou, and I really enjoy your podcast, and that's not just to gather recon on defense attorneys that have been guests. That's it for today's episode of Love Lie Lawyer. If you enjoyed listening, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. If you have comments or suggestions, send me an email. I promise I'll respond. Take a look at our website at lovethylawyer.com where you can find all of our episodes, transcripts, photographs, and information. 
Thanks as always to my guests who share their wisdom. And to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Harvey. I'm Lewis Goodman. It was, I think, the second game of the season when I turned 30 that the catcher on the team went down with a, a knee injury and there was no other catchers and the coach asked for a volunteer. And so I got behind the dish and spent pretty much the next 14 years exclusively uh, catching in uh, the Bay Area Men's Baseball League.